0: Today's an animal theme day, and so I was just going to ask, uh, and kids, just uh, have a think about this. How many animals do you think are in the Bible? How many different animals, when you're reading through the Bible, they pop up at different times? What do you reckon? 10? 20? 100? 150. Well, it's somewhere in between. Uh, Two of each. Very good. Angus, very clever. That's true. Noah took two of each when he went into the ark. Um, Well, there's over 120 different animals mentioned in the Bible. Which animal is mentioned most often in the Bible? Your close sheep, yeah. Yeah. Which bird is mentioned most often in the Bible? The dove, representing the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so he's moving in our lives. Uh, Okay, how about this? Fun fact, dogs are mentioned in the Bible over 40 times. How many times are cats mentioned in the Bible? None. Which just goes to show that God's a dog lover and sorry about you cat lovers, your dog's more of a, a doggy person. No, nah, that's nah, it's all right. If you've got a cat, that's all right, that's all right. Um, now, uh, of course, people are often referred to in the Bible as sheep, which is humbling but good in that you're, as a sheep, compliant and willing to be led by the shepherd. And of course Jesus is known as the great shepherd. And so that's good. As I said, it's humbling because you drive a ride out in the country, you see how dumb sheep are running in front of the road and all that. But it's kind of good for us to be sheep because the alternative, people are often known as goats and of course goats are known to be stubborn and you don't want to be a goat because you read the Bible about what's going to happen at the end of time and there's going to be a separation between sheep and goats you want to be a sheep you go to heaven the alternative is not so good okay now what about Jesus there are two animals that Jesus is represented by he's described as in the Bible anyone tell me oh hang on I'm getting the lion the lion And the lamb, yes. Uh, Two very different animals. I mean, let's face it, you think of, well, Byron's dressed up as a lion, you know, but, you know, you think of people uh, and you had to choose two animals to describe them, you'd choose two similar animals, wouldn't you? Like, Linda Brady, I would think, is like, you know, golden retriever. Gorgeous, friendly, you know, blonde, you know, and then another animal, would it have to be, a I don't know, a Labrador, very similar to a golden retriever? Just for, You wouldn't think of some animal that's completely the opposite, but a lion and a lamb. And so um, let's have a think about that. I want you to think, first of all, here's a picture of Jesus. Uh, here's a picture of Jesus. Here's a picture of a lamb, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that would have been nice, you know. I've just had a revelation, got my camera out, yeah. So there's a lamb. Look at that, sweet, you know, gentle, innocent thing. And, um, okay, you can take that down. We won't show the other one just yet. So last week, Eleanor spoke brilliantly, I should say. And just if you're new to the church, uh, via our website, you can get a podcast of all the Sunday messages, or perhaps it's still there on YouTube or uh, Facebook, but just an amazing message about John the Baptist. Very powerful, very poignant. And, um, of course, John came as a prophet to the people of Israel just before Jesus began his ministry. And John came preaching about repentance and getting right before God. Very strong message. And of course, he was baptising people who were turning to God, putting them down in the Jordan River as a sign of being baptised in repentance and coming up to a brand new way of living for God. While he was baptising all these people, a lot of people came out of the town to him and were responding to the message. So there's a whole crowd of people. And one day we read in the book of John, chapter one, it says, John saw Jesus coming. There it is. And Jesus is there. And he said, look, the Lamb of God. What a funny thing to say when you see someone, to introduce someone to the crowd. The Lamb of God, who what? Takes away the sin of the world. He's the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Wow. So he's referring to Jesus as the promised Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, the one that they'd been waiting for for hundreds and hundreds of years. And he describes him as a lamb, the lamb of God. Well, of course, lambs had been used in the Old Testament for hundreds of years as a sacrifice covering over sin, dealing with sin in a temporary kind of way, making a sacrifice before God on behalf of the sins of the people. So you do the wrong thing, justice demands some kind of punishment and we still have that in our legal system. Someone, you know, hurts someone or steals from someone or kills someone. It's, not, it's just not right if you say, oh, well, don't do it again, okay, off you go. You know, we have a justice system that calls into account and there's some punishment, some uh, recognition of the crime, and they're dealt with that way. Well, of course, sin in all of our lives demands some kind of justice, some kind of punishment. And we have all sinned, the Bible says. We've all done the wrong thing at one time or another. And it's an offence before God. And that's what John was talking about, repenting. Sounds, it's a very heavy kind of term, isn't it? But it just means turning around or turning away or turning to God. And it's a positive thing, really. I love what Craig Stevens, our friend from uh, the Salvation Army, says, repentance is always the answer. And we sort of think, oh, repentance sounds all very heavy. But it just means, hey, I'm recognizing my fault and I'm turning to God about it. And don't we like to blame other people when things are going on in our life, but sometimes it's it's my own doing and I'd be better off just repenting, going, all right, God, what have I done wrong? Oh, I'm sorry. And so Jesus comes as a lamb because he would die on the cross as a sacrifice and he's a lamb from God because he is God, the lamb of God. He's God, come from heaven to earth. So that's why he's called the lamb of God. And notice what John says, he takes away the sin of the world. So, he's not just covering over, it's taken away. Because this, for the first time in history, would be a perfect sacrifice. And a sacrifice that would take away the sins of not just a few people, everybody throughout history, through all cultures, all eons of time, all countries, including us today. He takes the sin away because he's the perfect sacrifice. And there's no more need for any other sacrifices. So that's the end at that point of all that sacrificial system. And Jesus took punishment for all the sins of people who have ever lived, including you and me. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the bad news is that we all sin. The good news is that we can turn to God for forgiveness when we repent, when we turn to God. And when with humility and honesty before God, we find forgiveness forgiveness and a restoration of a relationship with God. That's pretty cool. All because Jesus made himself a lamb, a sacrifice, the lamb of God. The second one, look at, wow, look at this, you know, uh, passage in the book of Revelation that, you know, in the Old Testament they had prophecies about the Messiah and they called him the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then you go fast forward to the last book of the Bible, John who wrote that, passage we just read, also wrote this amazing passage. Look at Revelation 5. He had a vision. He says, I saw an angel. An angel shouted out, who's worthy to break the seals on the scroll and open it? And no one in heaven or on earth was able to open the scroll and read it. And then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. This is all about the end times, the end of the world. But one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. So as I said, that's talking about the end of time, the end of the world, and it's talking about Jesus as the lion. And then a few verses later, oh, let's see a picture of a lion. Look at this. Hello. You ever read Narnia, Aslan? You know, what a great image C.S. Lewis created when he, he made Aslan a lion character who represents Jesus in those stories, an allegory, analogy of the Christian message. Lions are pretty cool, very different to lambs, king of the jungle. And so, actually, let me before we talk about the lion, look at this, look at this passage. When you read on in that same thing, the same chapter, it says, I looked again. I heard the voice of, there it is, thousands and millions of angels all around the throne and the living beings and the elders, and they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb. Oh, here, so it's the lamb again. This is the same chapter, so he's the lion, and now he's called the lamb again. He was slaughtered to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honour, and glory, and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, they all sang blessing and honour and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped the Lamb. Wow. So... They're really different images, aren't they? This meek lamb allows himself to be sacrificed, but he's also a lion. And he is, as a lion, strong, powerful, fearsome, king of the jungle, in control. And so they seem like a contradiction. But you know, when you read the Bible, you see that God's character qualities are often quite contradictory. Like God's transcendent and he's... Ruling the universe, and yet he comes close to every heart that cries out to him and comes and lives within us. He's all about justice, but he's also merciful. He's three, and yet he's one. He's to be feared, and yet he's full of compassion and gentleness. And here we see this gentle lamb, but this great power. And notice how people worship in that passage. You know, the Bible says at the end of time, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And they're worshipping because when you see Jesus, that's the only response you could have. And we do well to decide to worship him now when we get a choice and a chance to do so. And so Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But he's also the Lion of Judah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and he's coming back in great power. You know, he's going to establish his kingdom. We've been talking about animal kingdom. Well, the kingdom of God is very special. A lot of kingdoms have come and gone on planet earth. They rise and they fall. Governments, political leaders, but this kingdom, there's no end. It'll go on forever. The king's going to be strong, in control. He's going to rule forever. And that rule starts right now in our heart. When we say, Jesus, come and rule in my life. Not politically, just like when he came initially to earth. He surprised and shocked people because he didn't come like this strong political leader they wanted. He just came into people's hearts and he'll do that today for us as well. So why don't we close our eyes, bow our heads in prayer for a moment. I want to give us all a chance to reflect on our decision that we make with who Jesus is. This lion, this Lamb, this Son of God who's come. Jesus, it's all about you. As we sang this morning, Jesus, only you. You're the one that I adore. You're the one that I need to focus on, Jesus. And today we thank you that you have come. You've died on the cross for our sin. We thank you that you are the lion who's strong, who's in control. And with all the crazy chaos and crises that are going on in the world, we can have the Prince of Peace Come and live inside our hearts and give us stability and security and confidence about the future. We thank you, Lord God. I pray for everyone here today that we'd all be right before you, that we would all repent, that we would turn to you. And if you need to do that today, you you should pray a prayer, a very simple prayer, a prayer of commitment, or maybe it's a recommitment you want to pray. In fact, I'll pray that prayer right now, and you can pray it right where you are, just in your heart to God himself very simple prayer like this. Pray this to God. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin as the perfect sacrifice. And so Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Touch every life here today. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to talk to me afterwards down the front or talk to someone, we'll give you a Bible and talk to you more about following Jesus and what it really is to be a Christian. Not a set of rules, not a religion, but a relationship with God. Thank you, God, for your blessing on everyone here today. Amen. Amen.